big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another scintillating edition of the Mick Wall podcast featuring... Featuring, let's get this right. Johnny James Hotton. A.K.A. the great the voice of rock, the voice of reason, yeah, the voice of in-depth commentary. Exactly, that's me. He's the man we turn to <laughs> when you want facts <laughs> and information. <laughs> right, John. Yes. Um, today, I believe we're going to talk about uh, music magazines, rock magazines. I mean, what what are they? Who cares? <laughs> And and why don't they pay us more money? That's, that's well, I, do, I yeah. I mean, that would be a question. What I would say is, I thought it would be worth. I I picked. I was given. I was oh, given. I didn't pick up. I was given oh, yeah. the latest issue of Classic Rock Magazine, market leading classic rock magazine. A magazine very title. close close to my wallet. Yes, a magazine that still I believe employs Mick Wall. I don't know if I'm still on the staff block or not. I might have be. a look. Have a look. It's why do you really not write for them anymore? No. So I wouldn't I know because I haven't I actually seen a copy of Classic Rock since about write, 2018. I only write for people who pay me enough money. Well, you mean like um, Rock Candy? Contributing. That other, you're rock. not talking into the mic. Talk I know, but I'm looking. Oh, yeah. No, I'm next to Barney Hoskins. Barney, Barney Hoskins. Hoskins, John Hotton, Rob Hughes, never heard of him. Neil Jeffries. Neil Jeffries. Neil Jeffries. Oh, he was dead. Hang there on, you, you haven't seen if my name's on there. Oh, for God's sake, do we really need yeah. to? Yeah. Well, if I'm on there, you'll be on well, there. Well, you me? say that, but we don't oh, actually. Really. I haven't seen the magazine in about four or five years. At least you're at the bottom. <laughs> yes. Who am I yeah. next to? What stellar oh, name? <laughs> Everett True. Ugh. <laughs> Everett True. Jan Uleski. Yeah, into the mic, John. Into the mic. Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Uleski. Yeah. Mick Wall. Yeah. Paddy Wells. Paddy Wells? Yeah. Who the fuck are these? They're just people? taking the piss out of you. Because you're Irish, they put someone called Paddy <laughs> next. <laughs> no, Jan Uleski, whatever yeah. you like, is an American writer, was sort of, did well in the mid 70s with Cream or something <laughs> He's like back, that. Is he? Yeah. He's back, Jan. In he's back in five point five points. See, I think Jan might be bottom. a girl. I'm not sure. A I woman, don't know the fact. He doesn't tell you here. And also, who's the one they've before got, Jan? Like, they've got like stacks of photographers. Everett True, and before him, David Stubbs. <sighs> oh, they've got someone called Sleaze Grinder. He sounds good. He's been around for he ages. He or she? Yeah, he or she. Sleaze yeah. Grinder. I haven't looked at this for so See, long. Th- this is why a but magazine yeah. like Rock Candy does well. Because, because we haven't got sleaze grinding. Well, no, because Rock Candy wouldn't in a million years have most of those people you just mentioned. No. Um, no. In, including latterly me. They yeah. dropped me like a hot stone. Do you know why? No. You fucking do. You liar. You <laughs> no, fucking well, probably liar. probably the same reason Twitter dropped you. Oh! 
No, I tell you what, I, could it be a... Do you believe in coincidence? I don't know if I do, but uh, I arranged to meet <laughs> I thought you Derek did. Groveler. I thought you were very much invo- in, believed in coincidence and feng shui and things like that. Well, it depends, you know. Yeah. I mean, what, no, uh, what I mean is I don't believe there is such a thing as coincidence. I think there is confluence. Yes. And karma. Yes. And a design. Like you talked about with Kurt Hammett that time. <laughs> Patchouli no, oil. Patchouli oil. oil and coincidence. That's the title of Kirk's <laughs> memoir. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> It'd be wouldn't great, it? wouldn't it? Yeah. No, I, I arranged to meet um, Rock Candy's esteemed owner, uh, Derek Oliver, uh, for coffee at the Grouch Show. For, co- <laughs> for coffee. And he, you know, you <laughs> and it wasn't for coffee. Yeah, for coffee. It was an, it yeah, he was said, a yeah, gen- I'll meet you. You phoned him. He said, I'll meet you for coffee. <laughs> and you actually thought he meant for coffee. He turned up three quarters of an hour late. We'd which probably meant been that- speaking to Michael Bolton. <laughs> which meant awesome. I had to leave quite soon afterwards. <laughs> and I had a bit of a hump with him because it's like, for fuck's sake, Derek. I could see through the window. He was like strolling down the yeah. street. Unrushed. Un- unhurried. Unhurried. Completely yeah. unhurried. Yeah. And then I didn't hear anything from Howard, his puppet, for about six months until they were desperate for some story. And the people had said to him, oh, they'll only speak to Mick Wall. So he got <laughs> me. And then I had to wait three fucking months for the check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just like, because uh, he, he's very petty. He won't use people if he's just got a personal... Animus. Well, yeah. Listening to you, you know, I'm not surprised. I, listen, got, I was you, the one who brought him into Kerrang. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, then in, in that case, Del Boy, get your finger out, mate. You owe him. <laughs> you owe him. No me. No Del Boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And look and at it, Del. And Del Boy's got a bloody empire. You know, he's got the. He does CDs. If Sorry, he does If what? they're still a thing. What? No, they're not CDs. still a thing. He does CDs. You sound like, you sound this like, is his empire of dirt. You sound like toast. Who? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Who? I think you'll find yeah. in television. <laughs> I saw the other. I saw the toast one the other day where he's doing the Bon Jovi uh, uh, voiceover. Bon they, Jovi? Yeah, they ask him to... <laughs> the, the people at the studios ask him to do a charity... Uh, Oh, can you just quickly do this one, Stephen? And it's only because they know they know you won't be able to pronounce the names of the band. <laughs> <laughs> when did yeah. that go? I missed that one. No, was that... It's in the, I think it's in the first series. Oh, the first series. Yeah. Right, right, right. I haven't watched but, that. But anyway, yet. by the by, Classic Rock Magazine, we got dragged off course. They're, they're back to... We're, back both, to, we're both still on back, the staff back block. Back to Classy. The other, the other thing about Classic Rock is the other day, I don't, did you get one a letter from one of their liquidators? No. What do you right? Because I get fuck all. You know when they were called Total Rock. I mean, they weren't called Total Rock, but they were owned by that company, Total Rock. Classic. Uh, no, rock it wasn't they, Total. I know who you're talking. It wasn't Total Rock, but it was um, those like Scottish that. people. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, they've been liquid. Total pain. Yeah, yeah, they've got a liquidator, so they they're administrating the old. So I got a letter from them the How other many day. Pence it, on it, the dollar. It, yeah, I don't know. All it said was you are a creditor. I thought that's informative. That was it. But anyway, by the by, the magazine well, is still the magazine's still I coming out. I get my out. lawyers involved. Me and you, at least until they hear this podcast, are on the staff block. <laughs> well, <laughs> contributors, not the staff. Not staff. No, contributors. Meaning contributors no block. money unless you write a story. No, that's basically it. Yeah. And I haven't written a story, so I won't get any no. money. So I don't really, no. But no, what I thought is was this really... This is the latest This issue. is the latest issue. latest issue. And what I thought would be really interesting 
would be to talk about how a magazine kind of like this comes together because there's how it always comes together now yeah it didn't there's used a, to be that no, way. didn't used to be like this there's always a kind of element of artifice mm, to it more and than a, an element an element of you know you give me Quid something pro quo. I'll give you something a transactional element I'll give you something it's that, so what are it? we talking about specifically? So on the here? cover, who on is the, that masked man on the cover the in the mask, funny hat? Masked man is it, it C.C. Deville? It's not C.C. Deville. It's C.C. Deville's concubine. C.C. Deville's <laughs> replacement in Poison, who everyone will remember, is Slash. The man who owes everything to C.C. Deville. I can only ever Slash. hear. I can only ever hear Slash's name in um, Arlette's voice. Arlette Slash. 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 It's Slash. Slash. Yeah. I gave him his little bottle of Jack. <laughs> It's Slash. She told me this time when Doug Goldstein had kidnapped Slash to take him off to Hawaii or somewhere to yeah. get him off heroin. Yeah. She goes, I ran to the airport and gave him his little bottle of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't got any Jack Daniels in Hawaii. Uh, no, no, um, you wouldn't have found any there. No. Yeah, no. But anyway, so, so Slash, Slash is on the cover. Is, on the cover. Along is, it, is it the classic rock interview? The classic rock interview, Fantastic. which has been conducted by my chum and yours, Paul Elliott, which we'll talk about, because Paul's obviously a... An old, an old, old so he knows the game inside out. And when you read the interview, you can completely see how well he's constructed this thing. <laughs> because we should explain. I mean, I haven't even, I haven't even, you haven't even given me the magazine. I'll to hand look. it over. No, to no, you. no, 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 no. You're fine. You're it's fine. in the middle of the table. It's between cool. us. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to guess. Take a wild guess. Yeah. Oh, why have they got meatloaf on the cover? Inside Bat's big ballad. But this is pre pre meatloaf dying. Yeah. So this is, I'll tell you what the cover date is because I don't know what it is. It's February. Now, oh, so that must be the it, it, current one. So yeah, so it came it comes out in January. So those familiar with magazine deadlines, January and February are the worst issues of the year. Because they're all done before Christmas. Usually you have to do most of them before <laughs> Christmas. And so that is why this issue contains Rock's fifty greatest music videos. Because that will fill a few pages. <laughs> that, that's a quick Don't one. need any interviews for that. That or that's a quick one. And everybody loves a list. Everyone loves a list. Twenty-two things we're looking forward to in twenty twenty-two. So you that's know. a quick Can you imagine one. Imagine the editorial yeah, meeting. Yeah, that that's one. a quick one though. That's a quick one. So yeah, because the other thing about this time of year is the reviews pages are a desert because nothing comes. No one puts anything out, or no one big puts anything out. So you've got pages and pages to fill. So along comes a genuine superstar release, sort of. Ish. Just before Christmas, just to save your ass. And it's Slash. And let but me guess, not... is he talking about his latest amazing album well, with well, Miles well, yeah, Kennedy? So is he talking about Guns N' Roses? No. no. Is he talking about Velvet Revolver? No. no. Is he even talking about a Slash solo album? No. no. He's talking about... <laughs> The conspirators, and you know full well before they set up the interview, the PR would have said to them, he, "He's not just to let you know. He's just not going to talk about uh, guns yeah, and roses." Exactly. And he, he uh, slash will do the interview, but you've got to talk to Miles as well. <laughs> now there's your quid pro yeah, quo. There's your quid pro quo. It's a bit like when we were talking so, about look, the other episode. We're saying, saying well, they got for you the drummer. Yeah, and you're like, and oh, you, exactly. Off. But you you would say, "Look, with the best will in the world." We don't want Miles on the cover. We want Slash on the cover. So we want Slash on his own on the cover as the classic rock interview. The quid pro quo is Miles can do an interview and we'll do an interview inside with Miles. Nice guy. 
great singer, perfectly happy to fill up more of those Double pages, page <laughs> more of those pages Empty that we're pages. desperate to fill. But we need Slash. And they've gone, yeah, all right then. They've gone, yeah, all right, you can have Slash. So we have now, a picture of Slash on the cover. Yeah, can I just see that? You it can. just says in very large letters, bigger letters than it says classic rock. It says, oh, I was right, it says Slash, the classic rock interview, which is fantastic. Mm, which, is, which is great. Because in brackets, then, not Guns N' yeah, but, but also you can pick it up as a reader mm. and you think, okay, it's not slashing the conspirators. Yeah. It's not. He's not Few. just talking about that. The classic Few. rock interview implies this will be a wide-ranging piece about his life, his career, yeah. guns and whatever. And let's be honest with Slash. What does everyone want to know? Are Guns, guns and, and Roses, roses going to make an album? Well, Are let's gonna, hope not at this point because yeah. they've got that dreadful EP out. Yeah. In f- the long-awaited. EP of no yeah. new material so, whatsoever. So you've now got the dynamic of going into this interview conducted by Paul Elliott. Going into the interview, Slash thinks and wants he's talking to talk about the Conspirators record. Which everybody's as far As in. far as Slash is concerned, now in the minds of rock stars, oh, yeah, what, really you have, what you have to understand is they're not like normal people. No. Slash will think everything he does is of tremendous interest to people. Microscopic interest. Yeah. So the conspirators having an album out to Slash is just as big a news as Guns N' Roses going on tour. By and the way, uh, what is your favourite uh, Slash and the Conspirators yeah, track? Very much like my favourite Slash solo track. <laughs> it's just all of them. It's just all of them. Well, which is your favourite album of yeah, the Conspirators? Exactly, exactly. It's. I think I'd have to say, the best of the Conspirators. <laughs> oh, the the, yeah. uh, the, the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. that would be my choice. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. they if they done have they done a self titled one? Who fucking yeah, knows? Who yeah. knows? So when so when Slash comes and he goes, "What's your favourite?" Just go track three. <laughs> That's what always pick track three. <laughs> if you pick track three, you're on pretty solid ground. Yeah. Or mm. all of them. That's a good yeah, All of them. I mean, I Hard to choose. Hard to choose. Impossible very to choose. Very consistent album, Slash. That's what it was. It's very consistent from start to finish. But say you've got Slash who wants to do that, and you've got the magazine which wants the dirt on Guns N' Roses. want to know what the fuck's happening with Axel and Slash. So they hire... Uh, the veteran. The veteran. It could have been man. you. Could have been it me. could have been me. But it wasn't. It was Paul Elliott. Paul Elliott. So Paul is then given the brief. Okay, look, he's going to talk about the conspirators. So get him going on the conspirators. Yeah, and then... Let him talk about that. Yeah. And then, you know, let's... Yeah. And Paul will go, yeah, okay, I think I can, you know, I know how to do that. Because obviously he does know how to do that. And he goes, I can talk to him a bit about the early days. Get him warmed up. Get him warmed up. Yeah, you know, because Paul's got the great... Paul started interviewing Guns N' Roses... Back when you started interviewing Guns N' Roses, I'm sure, which has been the you know, early pre-appetite, days. pre or, or around the time pre-fame. they came over and played the marquee and pre-fame. did all of that stuff, pre-fame. That's how long he's known them for. That, so Slash knows who he is. It's not just a random journalist he's picking up. So Paul is has that in of being able to, to reminisce, you know. But to, to, again, to further set the scene, we've got the rock star who uh, is determined... Not to speak about yeah. Guns N' Roses, and the rock star journalist whose hashtag he, one job is only to get him to today. talk about Guns and Roses. Do not put that phone down or that Zoom call or whatever it was. Hang it up. Probably fucking text. Yeah, probably text. <laughs> What's just, that? Just do not hang it up until he has told you about Guns N' Roses, yeah. and we can put that on the. So phone. go on. How successful was he? So okay, 
I think very now. Let, we should also say about Slash. Slash isn't a difficult interviewee in no, my in my no. book. I would say he's pretty helpful. Yeah, he knows the he knows the score. Yeah. He's not the kind of guy like. I mean, oh, who, who would you pick if you got on the wrong side of him? They'll just hang up. Axel. Axel. Yeah, <laughs> someone like that. Not just hang up. Say, I'm actually coming round to where you are. Axel. Now, yeah. And Although gonna, he wouldn't come yeah, round. He'd he say didn't, it. He didn't. He'd, he'd sing a song about it. Yeah, he'd never fucking he didn't. do it. Vince Neil. Vince Neil would, oh, yeah, I mean, no, he would follow through. Oh, that's he, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's different. So, you want fat Vince you coming around. You really you don't. You don't want with fat he, Vince with on his your genetics, doorstep. genetics, you know. No. You don't, can you imagine if he's still, he still got fast hands, Vince? He's can you like imagine if Vince Neil and Fish oh, said yeah. they were coming around to get you? Yeah, you wouldn't want that. They should form a band together and call it Fat Elvis. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be good, First album, Genetics. Yeah, gen- yeah, because Vince, you imagine he's like a kind of over the hill boxer, but he's still got fast hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. The feet are gone. Yeah, but the hands. But the hands. Are, still still, the he can still. He only, only takes last one thing punch. to go. It's one the last, punch. The punch is the last thing to go. <laughs> Ask George Foreman. Yeah, exactly. Ask George Foreman. Yeah. So, Slash is a, a, an affable guy, especially yep. since the drugs are behind him. But even I mean, I, I remember. Always. I'm sure I've said on the the podcast like the first few times I spoke to him, absolutely out of his box on mm. our let's couch. I mean, gone for all money. But Did still, he have a little bottle of yeah, Jack. Yeah, but still affable. You know, still, always affable. Yeah, you couldn't understand what he was affable saying. Affable to the point of non-confrontational. Exactly, yeah. To the point of, yeah. you know. Yeah, but he would just—he would just still. I mean, he wouldn't make any Listen, sense. Listen, we love still, Slash. Now get to slash. it. Slash. So Slash. So what they do? I mean, to 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 make a big production of it, you usually you'll do it as a Q and A interview because it makes it. It makes it feel like it's... Well, know. that's why they bill it as the classic rock interview. In no way taken from the original The Rolling Stone okay, interview. Okay, exactly. So you give it the idea of this person's so important. I'm Which, not, in fact, I was the yeah, first one to exactly. nick. Exactly. I'm, I, I'm not going to boulderise their quotes. I'm just going to give it to you as, yeah, as yeah. we spoke. Yeah, get on with it. So yeah. writes an <laughs> intro. You know, here he comes. Slash, he's got... Uh-huh, make, uh-huh. Makes, makes mention in the... Uh, the intro of the conspirators, obviously, because that's part of the part of the deal, goes on to slash. Now, I would oh, say, oh look, look, oh, look, a picture of Guns yeah, and so Roses. You've got, you, you turn the, it over. The main picture is of that picture that we've only seen a million, million time fucking times of, of the Guns original lineup of Guns and Roses. Then you've got a picture of Axel and Slash playing at the Stardust Ballroom in, in LA in 1985. <laughs> Which no one's seen. You've got before, a picture either. of Slash playing at high school in 1982, mm. and a picture of Slash with his dad. Fair so, dues. Fair dues. not a lot of the conspirators there. But now, I would say, just uh, apropos of not much, I would say the first question here isn't the first question that Paul asked him. I would say he's he's just no, he's done some editing. Turned Go it on, around. What's the and first question? You've portrayed your childhood in LA as being chaotic. Your parents separating. Your mother dating David Bowie. A bohemian atmosphere in the home. You become, in your own words, a problem child. It reads like the classic rock and roll story. That's a nice question to ask because it's open ended. It allows Slash to just say essentially whatever he wants. Yeah. There, but yeah. at the same time, he has to say something. It's not a yes or no. I think actually probably what the first thing Paul pretty much said was when I really I fir- like the which new is the, album. Which is, the, which is the second question, which is when I first interviewed you in 1987, uh, you said how much you hated LA. Uh, now, that's a really good question that's as well. That's very clever. First of all, it's putting in there, we've been speaking to one another since 1987, so I know the score here. You know, you know the score here. Let's not pretend we're just going to talk about the conspirators. Here we go. 
and gives him a bone to chew on. You said you hated L.A. Can you imagine Slash saying he hated L.A.? Slash is the quintessential... He is L.A., baby. L.A. dude, isn't he? But and then He's Slash as L.A. Yeah. as Vince in Entourage. Exactly. And then Slash... Actually, I have wonderful memories of L.A. from when I was seven years old, all the way up to when I was 12. And then he starts talking exactly about you know, his background in LA, which is probably why we've got these old photos. Uh, how quickly does he shoehorn guns and roses? In Very there? quickly, because the next question he mentions, the reason he said he hated LA was the music in LA, and it was hair metal. And so Paul and immediately... This fair after play, Poison yeah, had rejected yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, Paul in Fair Play immediately goes in with, let's be truthful, in the early days of Guns and Roses, you <laughs> had the big hair and the makeup too. Now, Paul can say that to him because Paul's... He yeah. knows yeah. Paul is, is it? Yeah. So yeah, that, that's... Uh, uh, the Slash know. is now going to be forced to say, I'm not talking about Guns <laughs> yeah. and Roses, or yeah. it's just because it's conversational. He's He'll carry well, on. That's, that's so true, he carries. But... He carries on. He's, you know, he says... That I hated the whole scene, but you know, in the, I, I like the UK scene, and he starts talking about that. Then Paul goes in with, "It was the five of you against the world." So he's now got him exactly Fantastic. where he wants him. Check so it's really, mate. Yeah, it's really well Check done. That's mate. what I'm about. It's really, you get an experienced writer. They know how to do that. They know, you know, they know the subject, what the subject wants to talk about. But he's got him talking about what he wants him to talk about. So he at least knows at this point in the interview. Okay, I've got that in the can. Yeah. When the editor rings, I can say, did he speak about Guns N' Roses? Yes, he did. So at that point, as an interview, you tend to start to relax a bit, don't you think? Okay, it's not going to be a complete disaster. So he then goes on to speaking about his drug problems and so on. So, you know, uh, at your lowest point, was there a moment if you didn't care if you live or died? Which is a really good question. Now, so he's speaking about all that stuff. Leads, leads him into Velvet Revolver. Quite nicely done yeah, again. Has he so mentioned they the word Axel at this point? Not yet, but he's still going. He's still going. He t- takes him into Velvet Rover, gives him a chance to talk about Scott Weiland, but also gives him a chance to mention Miles Kennedy because uh, after Velvet Rover, he makes a solo album. That's where he first, mentioned, first uses Miles. So he's now got all of this background stuff. He's thrown him all that stuff. It's fine. We've got a picture of Velvet Revolver, a picture of Slash with Scott Weiland, the other famous singer he's had. We've still not got a picture of Miles. But Miles has been mentioned, at yeah. least, so Slash is feeling better by that. Box ticked. But he's now, he's on the subject of Miles. He thinks what you and I would think is, let's get the Miles stuff out of the way now. Yeah. Let's talk about the yeah. album. A couple of yeah. questions about the album. That's yeah. fine. Slash is going, da 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 Because he's softening him up. Then he goes, then he comes in with like a fabulous question here. So he, so he says, uh, he says, how do you separate the conspirators and Guns N' Roses? <laughs> so he's immediately now dragged him back. Very good. Were there any songs or riffs on the new Conspirators record that you thought, maybe I should save that for Guns N' Roses? So he got him. He's Great got him. He's now, now that's a good one. And now he's into two new Guns N' Roses songs, Absurd and High School, were posted online in 2021. They're songs from the Chinese democracy era. What was the thinking behind that? Now, Slash here gets canny slash gives him a one-line answer and he goes you know that's a whole other interview ah. so now at this point you have to be a good journalist and paul thinks on his feet and he says and his follow-up question is perfect he says can we at least get the story straight were these <laughs> songs that you re-recorded or were they songs by the current guns and roses lineup so he's made him answer a question about what does them, he say even though slash has backed him up 
And Slash says, the bass and the guitars are all redone for the most part, but the original drums are still intact and the original vocals. So he's got a good answer yeah, there. Is a good he's answer. He's got a good answer. So no original material. No, so Paul won't let it drop. And then goes into, will these songs be on the new Guns N' Roses album? Very Or good. do they at least give an indication of how that album's shaping up? And then Slash goes again, hmm, I don't know. Like I said, that's another interview. But then he just keeps talking. So you've got him then, you've got him, you know. He then speaks to him about, it's been six years since you rejoined Guns. Did you ever think it would last this long? Which is another great question. So it gives him a chance to talk about what's happened. And then... He pulls him back quite nicely. You know, he asked him about Izzy. He said when the reunion first happened, Izzy was going to be involved, but he isn't. So he's then got the quote about Izzy. He then what, says... What, what excuse does he give about Izzy out of interest? He says, I haven't really talked to him, the classic. <laughs> oh, there were a lot of different issues. You yeah, know. mainly it, money. Yeah, there's one issue. We all know talk to Duff But he doesn't push him because, I mean, I guess the interview isn't... No, 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 no. He's doing, he's, he's doing he's a doing, good he's, job. Yeah, he's, doing job. The, he's done that bit. So then he goes back to saying... Uh, you're able to so really the one person he hasn't really spoken about apart from the mention of the vocals is Axel so I guess that's the last sort of piece of the puzzle right so he goes back in with you're able to juggle Guns and Roses and the Conspirators but how did you react when Axel did the same thing oh, went into AC, ACDC so he's now got him talking about Axel and his opinion on Axel of AC, ACDC Go on, what did he which say? he said he went to see them and he thought it was great mm. he said he came to a gig in London I really enjoyed it I didn't feel threatened by it because it was ACDC. It was amazing. It was a band we both loved. So got a really good answer out of that, you know. And then then I guess you go, well, I've had him on for 45 minutes. Doesn't matter if he hangs up now. Doesn't matter if he doesn't answer. So he's, he's back in with the last few questions. The, bigger, the big question is, can Guns N' Roses pull it off with a new album? You said you can't really talk about it, but can you say for sure, is it definitely happening? So now it's at the end yeah, of the yeah. interview. You can pin him at the end of the interview because yeah. it doesn't matter if he do, you've got what you need. And what does he say? He says, well, there's new Guns material coming out as we speak and we'll probably keep putting it out until the entire record's worth of stuff is then is done and then we'll put it out solid. Mm. So who knows Th what But there means. isn't new stuff coming out, so, is there? These are old songs that, just for the sake of uh, yeah. appearances, they've redone, what, did they say the bass and guitar? So Duff and Slash, yeah. they've added Duff and Slash to an existing track. Yeah. And then he gets, yeah. Two tracks. So then he says, no one's expecting another appetite. But how does this sound? Is it 50% use your illusion and 50% Chinese democracy? Good so man. No, you know, he's just That's hammered. a good one. Well, he's again thinking, I'm just going to keep him on the yeah, line as long as I can. Yeah, so what yeah. does he say? Go on. He says, I really don't have that vantage point to have the perspective. I'm not able to sort of objectively look at it like that. It just is what it is. But it's cool. I'm enjoying working on the stuff. I'm having a good time doing it. So Nicely evasive. Yeah, nicely. Because yeah. also, don't forget, what's going on in Slash's mind? Slash should tell you anything you want to know. But what's going on in his mind is if Axel gets upset when he reads this, and he reads everything, yeah. um, it could fuck the whole thing up. Yeah. Yeah, because Axel's kind of like, you say one word out of place. Yeah, because The Conspirators is is a vanity project. Yeah. Um, and no one buys albums anymore. And um, it's just something that Slash enjoys doing, and good luck to him. Um, but Guns N' Roses, I mean, their records won't sell either, because they don't anymore. No, but, but the tour must but have the made... the tour. <laughs> How much the was that? The tour. In oh, the... hundreds of millions. Yeah. 
He's doing and, and hundreds the potential of to carry on yeah. like the Stones until they're in their seventies. Yeah. You know. So all in all, I mean, that was the interview, and I thought Paul did a brilliant job on it. Fantastic. And, and you know, that is what you that my friends is how you play it, and then but, you turn the page and you get the interview with Miles Kennedy, conducted people... by Henry Yates. All right. Well, you can because Paul's there. obviously gone on. <laughs> yeah. Now you can stop there. Yeah. You can stop. Exactly. The thing about um... Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Paul Elliott did a fantastic job on that. I tip my hat. Um, but it shows you how much things have changed since, you know, the days when you and I were interviewing people for Kerrang! magazine. Mm which um, was a completely unique magazine. There'd never been anything like it before. Um, it was just a back room of spotlight publications. And uh, the fact that it had no money came out every two weeks, which seemed bizarre, uh, until it finally went weekly in 87. But it, 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 they just left it alone because it wasn't considered a, a serious proposition. Yeah. But because of that, it was allowed to just do whatever it wanted. And so it would have whoever it wanted on the cover on, on the basis of a, of a fnar fnar joke in the yeah. office or just a yeah. record we liked. Could be Chainsaw Massacre, Rogue Mail, Crimson Glory. Yeah, Crimson Glory on the cover, wasn't it? I still yeah. maintain Dumpy's Rusty Nuts were on there one time, but <laughs> I might be wrong in the actuality. Yeah. Yeah. But in spirit, they were. Yeah. Um, I mean, we even had, I remember we had once we had Phil Collins on the cover in an overcoat in and a, a flat in a hat. Cap. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Prince, Prince on the cover, yeah. Um, uh, but there was, uh, there was no sense of it being transactional. I mean, you might arrange for it to be a cover story. Yeah. Or you might say, be given an album, so this is going to be the lead review in the next issue. But that was the extent of it. And, it, and if, you, if you came out in your review and said the record was terrible, even if that was against the interests of the magazine, they would still run it because yeah. uh, it would have been unthinkable to manipulate uh, a, a story. By the time you get to the very late 80s, early 90s, the advent of magazines like Q, particularly Q, but then Mojo, Select, Uncut, and eventually Classic Rock. Um, the game has changed. and uh, But even Classic Rock, when I was overseeing it in the very early days, about the first four or five years, um, 
we still had that slightly rogue element where we would just say what we wanted to say. But the big turning point came after I left, um, but that was neither here nor there. This would have happened even if I'd still been there, was when you do the awards. And so uppermost in Slash's mind is I mustn't upset Axel. Uppermost in Paul's mind is I've got to get him talking about Axel. Uppermost in the people that own classic rock and produce classic rock is we really need Slash to be at the awards this year. Right, yeah. Now, COVID obviously has has changed the game somewhat, but um, these awards are incredibly important and prestigious. They bring attention to a magazine like no other, even classic rock. I mean, the Q Awards used to be in the national press, be on TV. Yeah. Classic rock awards will end up on some obscure arts channel. I mean, it does happen. But it's a great hoo-ha, and um, you can't have them unless you've got the big stars. So in Classic Rock's universe, that's pretty much the same rogues gallery every time. But in that rogues gallery is Slash. You know Axel's not going to fucking yeah. turn up. If Duff turns up, that's nice, but so what? You've got to have Slash. Um, you've got to have you know, Gene Simmons, you've got to have Ozzy, yeah. Alice Cooper. Has there ever been a classic rock awards he wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> you've got to have yeah. Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian May. Brian May, yeah, yeah, yeah always. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, thank God we've still got a Paul Elliott or a you or a me who can take these quite hard constraints and still somehow mine for gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what Paul couldn't have done is say to Slash, I'm not saying it's suggesting he should have done, but as an example, Slash, now you must know no one gives a shit yeah, exactly. about the conspirators. Yeah, yeah. All anybody really cares about is Guns N' Roses, which is why you got back together. Um, what is this weird world we live in now where even if you put out a record tomorrow, no one's going to buy it. They're just going to put it on Spotify. Um, and, and how is that? What's up with his voice on that track? What's going on, you guys? Do you still are you like the Stones, where it doesn't really matter anymore? Even Joe Elliott of Def Leppard yeah. says there's no no there is no encouragement for anybody to make a new album anymore if you've already got the brand and you can sell out arenas and stadiums yeah. in America. That would have been an interesting. Concept. It would, yeah. I mean, to get the if you that would be like almost eavesdropping on a management meeting, you know. It would be, a little bit, that's, that's but I'd what, still like to. See I mean, it would be the same. It would be the same. You could ask those same questions of Metallica. No, absolutely. It, and it would be really interesting to hear what they said. But you couldn't. But in the same token, in the same way that, you know, okay, Lars, Lars you can't isn't really terrified show. what James Hetfield's no. going to think. Yeah. Because James Hetfield isn't going to split Metallica for 20 years because yeah. <laughs> because he got in a bad mood about something yeah. Lars said. Yeah. Um, whereas Guns N' Roses, obviously, it's an incredibly delicate situation. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, so I think the kind of the story behind the story of that was very, in, you know, was almost more interesting than what Slash had to say. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I love the way you talked us through that. I, I don't need to read the interview. <laughs> I, I now, I've got all the jewels. Got you. So we move on. Oh, we're, going, we're moving it, on. Well, there are was we? one other thing I thought we should talk, which was sort of slightly more amusing, as they say. Once we get past the filler interview with the tragically hip, this is a real back of the. 
the tragically hit. Well, they're called the tragically. They're called the tragically hit. They're not called the who gives a fuck. Canada. Canada. And their thirtieth anniversary. Thirtieth anniversary. What have we got at the back of the cupboard? Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This group have been going for thirty years. Thirty years, and you've never heard of them. That's because they're not a rock band. I'm guessing. Probably. But then you turn the page. Are they really called the Tragically Hip? They're called the Tragically Hip. You ever hip. heard of them? Yeah. What, from your days on Select? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, ha, are they a proper rock band? Ha, ha. I don't know. Your days I, of, I, you I know, couldn't tell you any of their Britpop. I mean, there's a your photograph. There's days. a photograph of them. What do you think? Fucking hell. There you go. What the fuck are they doing in classic rock? It looks like, looks like someone's opened the door of B&Q and taken a photo of the people looking around the paint aisle. This is what will kill this magazine in the end, is trying to... It's so it's so last century, that idea of we're going to extend the brand and invite everybody in, which completely ignores the, the dinosaur in the room, which is that the audience that buys Mojo couldn't give a fuck about Tony Iommi or Slash... And the audience, the core audience for classic rock, has never heard of the tragedy. No, and doesn't care. Truly I mean, doesn't I mean, care. Let, let's say, in fairness, in fairness, this could be a February issue. Jesus Christ, what have we got? And ads dropped out. What I, do we put I remember in? when Metallica released the Lulu album with Lou Reed. Mm. Now, whatever one's take on that album, and I, I everybody knows that I think Love it's, it. a masterpiece. it's a masterpiece. It is. Well, do you agree? I've never heard it. Oh, okay. No, I have heard it. I turned um, it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a talking point. Yeah. And uh, Mojo did a huge piece. Yeah, of course they did. I mean, that's the, why Metallica did it, because it's Lou Reed, isn't no, it? Yeah. Absolutely. But then why wouldn't classic rock do it? Even if it's just to say, yeah. even if whatever writer did it, just said, oh, this is terrible, shouldn't be allowed, worst thing they ever did, blah, 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 blah. Put it on the cover and do that. But they didn't. But you know the big feature they did have in that issue? No. An interview with Jimmy Percy of Sham 69. I mean, seriously, not even fucking Mojo cares about Jimmy Percy. (laughs) (laughs) The enemy used to shit on him from a great height. But somebody on Classic Rock, because they're not from that culture, they come from the enemy from the melody maker, from that end of things. There's nothing wrong with that end of things, but it doesn't belong there. It no. just doesn't. Yeah. No, I agree. I entirely agree. I entire- See, look, there's a feature about Magnum. Now, that's what you want. Now, there you go. There you go. Look, there they Tony go. The, Tony the... Oh, look at that. That is fantastic. You, you describe what you to- see. Bob the, Bob the cat. Bob the and cat, Tony cat, the hat. Together again. But no hat. Together at last. Is that what it says? No. I should have said See, that's why we used to write funny captions in Kerrang like that. But so that's but then the cat and and the hat are talking about their catalogue, their back catalogue. The catalogue. The catalogue. They're just going I mean obviously this is funny because Magnum have got a new album out. Now as you were saying about no one cares. No one cares. So you've got to do an interview with Magnum. But you can't really make it about the new album, so what do you do? So what they've done quite cleverly is get them talking about every Magnum album. In other words, so, Magnum. Yeah, so we, Magnum can, we, we can put a load of stuff in. in about On a Storyteller's Night and Chase the Dragon, the albums that people actually listen to. Yeah, and bought. Yeah, and day. then get to the end and you've got the albums 
Lost on the Road to Eternity. And Is that the, the monst- new album? Uh, no. Oh. And then The Monster Roars. That's the new album. Do you remember the other day? I didn't know, but I did read this switch because I was on the train. My friend gave me a copy of this. <laughs> there's, no, there's no need to be embarrassed, John. So I read it on the train going, I, We hey, know you're a big clap, Magnum clap guy. Clap to flee. Oh, no, I am. Because if you remember us talking on a previous podcast about the time I went to LA to interview Magnum, when we were talking about boring people. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I went to the studio to see them record the <laughs> album with Keith Olsen. Right. They talk about that. And it was, I've forgotten what it was called. It was called Good Night LA. That's oh, what yeah. the album was yeah. called. Yeah. The classic line after all that, which I didn't know this. The classic line was, uh, there were, there were disagreements between Keith Olsen's management and our UK management over who would I handle Magnum in the States. They couldn't agree. So after all that, it didn't even come out in America. What? So the album never came out in America. Oh my god! It was their big. It was like Polydor put all the money in. We'll f- hire Keith Olsen. How much does fucking Keith Olsen cost? This this is this is why all these British bands of that era, like Marillion, yeah. like Thunder, all these bands that on paper could and should have made it in America, didn't. Because they didn't have proper international management. Yeah, that's right. You've got an argument between their and their manager at the time was that guy Keith Baker, who was a lovely guy, but I think he basically made his money from the rag trade. You know, he'd made right. a whole load of money in another industry. Yeah, and was now managing a rock band. Yeah, no, well, so, well, look at Thunder. Malcolm McKenzie had yeah. originally been the singer in the group. Yeah, and uh, and when they replaced him. He became the manager. Yeah. So no, it's yeah. nothing wrong with that early doors thing. No. I mean, Leopard had similar thing in Sheffield with those two guys. Nothing wrong with that. Well, but at you, some I, point, you have to. I remember you upgrade. telling you telling the story of Lars sort of covertly going off to a phone box yeah. to speak to Mench and Bernstein. Aunt Jane. Yeah, Aunt they Jane. They just have yeah. to speak to Aunt Jane. They, they, but they knew they had to leave Lars Johnny Z behind. Yeah, you know, it's just. Great guy and everything, but, but he's not going to get yeah. you to where you want to be. Yeah, um, Leopard the same. They they dumped their guys the minute Mench came along. Yeah, Mench also spoke to Marillion and they didn't dump Arneson. Yeah, and guess who didn't make it in America? Yeah, and that's just uh, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it kind of goes. Now, so we go on from Magnum, and then we get to this was the other piece I thought was worthy of note. <laughs> this is an interview with Tony Iommi. Now, what do we know? <laughs> That Tony Iommi has just released. Clue, <laughs> it's not an album. Clue, it smells. It smells real good. Well, I don't know if it smells good. I haven't smelled it yet. I'm sure it smells it's called, amazing. Yeah. It's What's called, it called again? It's called Scent of Dark. <laughs> it's, a fra- it's a fragrance. Tony Iommi has released a fragrance, and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, I, do you know what? The very first time I went to Los Angeles, I'm at the Sunset Marquee. Oh, uh, of with, course. With Split Ends, yeah. who years later morphed into Crowded House. But I'd been on the road with Sabbath, and I didn't know they had also arrived because we they'd gone their way and I'd gone my way. I didn't know they'd come to LA at the same time and just checked into the hotel until literally the lift doors opened and there was Iomi with their tour manager in those days, Paul Clark, and they both burst out laughing. And I was like, what are you laughing at? And it's because Tony Iommi had just literally <laughs> released 
<laughs> released a fragrance. Released a fragrance that yeah. fucking stank the lift out. <laughs> so it's scent yeah. of dark. They've actually scent done an interview. So they've done an interview, and you can tell how this is because there is a sign. Three weeks before Christmas, what the, are we going to do? There's actually a sign-off. You know, at the bottom of the interview, Iomi's new fragrance is available from, and then a website. <laughs> so, Iomi, who is a hard-assed bastard, isn't he? You I mean, know. They used to call him Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. I, Iomi, you know, talking about difficult interviewees, Iomi is a difficult interviewee in that he won't say ever anything he doesn't want to say. He didn't even say anything in his own book. No, did he didn't you ex- exactly. He said absolutely fuck yeah, all in yeah, there. yeah. And it's, it's, he brushes over entire marriages, doesn't he? Yeah, he if goes, he oh, even mentions you know, them. Yeah, you know. he's like, oh, I got married to Denise. It was fantastic. And he would describe this amazing. And then, you know, 10 pages later, it would be, unfortunately, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was Me one guy, Donato something, yeah, but it didn't work didn't out. Didn't work out between us. So it was all, or, or, you know, there was the classic, someone told me it was going to be a solo album, but then it came out as a Black Sabbath. <laughs> it was literally Who knows what that, happened? Who knows? Quite a lot of those chapters are like a page and a half long. Yeah. But then he did the book. His ghost, English was a second language (laughs) for the ghostwriter. That's another Iomi masterstroke, isn't isn't it? it? Let's not get someone who can make any sense. So I wonder how involved Tony was in the making of Scent of of Dark. I don't know if he made, he probably smelt Scent of Dark. But (laughs) what he did do was he he wrote a riff called Scent of Dark which goes along with the fragrance. Oh, my God. Does it go like this? Dan, Dan, scent of dark. Dan, smells a lot. Something like that. But so you're never going to get anything out of Iomi that he doesn't want to tell you. No. And Iomi wants to talk about his fragrance. Does he actually talk about it? Well. What does he say? The first question in the interview. And... Believe this, believe this, if you will. Oh, I, I, every word will be true. Because obviously someone is, whoever's done this, Polly Glass, whoever's done this, has plucked this off the uh, off the press release for the first question, obviously, because it, it opens. You began collecting fragrances on your travels with plants. <laughs> <laughs> he began collecting fragrances. fragrances. Is this Kirk yeah. <laughs> Kurt Hammett, so come in, your we time all know is what now. Tony Omi was collecting. It wasn't fucking fragrances. Fra- fragrance of uh, yeah. cocaine. Yeah, it certainly was smelling. I mean, if you listened outside his hotel, you'd hear him smelling. Yeah. He'd be yeah. Like, Dil- dil- yeah. Diligently, yeah, uh, diligently sampling different yeah. scents. Yeah, exactly. Dark. Yeah. yeah. So, he uh, began collecting yeah. fragrances. What, what were your favourites <laughs> and where did you get them? That's the first question. So I bet he went, uh, oh, fucking hell, I don't know how ask Well, if I say within a sentence, he's talking about Old Spice. No! <laughs> Get the fuck! Yeah. Really, that's fantastic. He's, he what goes, he say? He, okay, so, he's, so he's, his answer in full to that question is, there are so many different ones I've had over the years. From Cartier onwards, Bond number nine, Tom Ford, lots of different ones that I can't remember. <laughs> Initially, when Brute. I was in, well, initially when I was younger, every Christmas you either got a bottle of Old Spice or a bottle of Brew. <laughs> Splash it all yeah. over. So he's the, he, this is the extent. These are the fragrances he's, he's been collecting. The, the, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know any. And where would you pick them up, Tony? What sort of yeah. well, uh, what sort of well, the, ne- the next boutique question. enclaves would you discover? Well, the boots. Ne- the next boots. question. 
<laughs> the next question how many do you have? I did wonder if you had a fragrance cave or something in your house. This is a real interview. I'm not making this up. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's like spinal. I time. know it is. A fragrance cave. I only goes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony, he's can we see your taken. fragrance cave? He, oh, the one thing I would say about Omi is he's a dry as fuck, isn't he? I mean, he really is. Do you have a fragrance he barely, cave? He barely cracks a smile. I but Omi. He's, but internally, he's chortling, I'm sure. <laughs> I do. I don't know. There's probably 80, something like that. There's no evidence of this 80, considering the third one he could remember was Old, Old Spice. <laughs> Sharon Osbourne uh, told me uh, once a story of a, f- a particular fragrance cave she sent me. <laughs> was it in a shoebox? It was in a... No, she got it, she got it sent him in a Tiffany box, right. um, gift-wrapped, but... Sharon, the master manipulator, she told me she got a friend of hers who was this like Vogue model to call Iomi and say and explain who she was. I'm the, whatever her name is, you know, this famous Vogue model, and I've just always wanted to meet you, and you know, you're my hero, and yeah. all this. So arranges a, a lunch date that like La Dome in LA. I don't know if La Dome's going anymore, but it was like the posh celeb hangout. Yeah, and um. Sharon goes, he turns up in his fucking jacket with all the crosses and all that stuff, and he's got his hair done. Probably wearing a, a oh, oh. one of the fragrances dash from of, his... A dash of... Uh, from the, something from the fragrance cave. <laughs> Probably a dash of Old Spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of brute yeah. spray-on yeah, deodorant. Mix it up a bit. Yeah, because well, yeah. that's what you do when you're yeah. a fragrance yeah. expert, you yeah. know. Bit and of she said, Java. Um, she got, she got a sh- her chauffeur to turn up with a Tiffany box that Iomi had to open at the table. And in it were two fresh turds oh, from her and Ozzy. That's from the fr- straight from the fragrance cave. That is very much... Yeah. I wonder if he kept that for his yeah. fragrance <laughs> I wonder cave. if he did. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, this yeah. scent of dark. And you can buy, what, at a website? Well, it goes... She asked him a couple of questions about the riff for scent of dark. Go on, what does he say about that? uh, The riff for Scent of Dark is one you'd had in your back pocket for a while. (laughs) Yeah, but it fucking... (laughs) Had on the shelf that wasn't good enough for Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to piss out one of my good ones on Scent of Dark. (laughs) One of the few things I remember is riffs, Tony says. Most other things I forget. Yeah, like the 80 (laughs) fragrances in your fragrance cave. Um, (laughs) I've got five or six hundred different riffs. So that's good. Um, that's the end of the story about the about the riff. So, and then, uh, oh, this is this is this is again. I only uh, he's so dry that you wonder how much yeah. of this is just a huge. But he goes, uh, she, the journalist Polly, she says to him, um, the fragrance is described as, and then open quotes, the aromatic, <laughs> the aromatic reminiscence of rock in the sixties and seventies. The aromatic yeah. reminiscence. Yeah. Festivals and gatherings. <laughs> what, what's his body rock, odour? Rock festivals in the 70s smelt like. Well, people you were shitting put, and pissing yeah, in the fields yeah, and they, yeah, they, they stank to yeah, high heaven. Because they hadn't had a shower for a week. They didn't have showers mm. in the 60s and 70s, no, John. They'd been invented yeah, in this country. Yeah, they hadn't had a bath. So, uh, yeah, but in those days you have a bath once yeah, a week. Yeah. You know, your feet would be black and yeah. your armpits hairy. So, As for the rest of you. Yeah, so he, he, this is how he's described it. This, this, 
the reminiscence of rock in the 60s and 70s, festivals and gatherings, amber and patchouli. That's, so uh, you never know with Amy whether this whole thing's just a massive piss take. I know? think they've given him some talking points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When they and ask you that, what can yeah. I say? Oh, I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah. Say amber. Yeah. Amber? What, yeah. like green, amber and red? Yeah. No, type. just say amber and patchouli. Yeah. 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 I can see that taking over from Tom Ford yeah. immediately. Did it say how much it is? It, uh, it doesn't. Your bloody it doesn't, phone no, it going again. Probably Iomi's probably Be, heard us. Between Coco snoring. heard us. And, uh, and you getting your texts from Iomi. Yeah. Is it true he's moved down to your part of the world to be with Roger Taylor and all those guys? I don't think he would ever live down here um, because he's, you know, he's, he's a Midlands guy, isn't he? He's, a, he's, he's the master of the Midlands, oh. the dark lord oh. of Birmingham and surroundings. <laughs> and you get a lot more for your money up there. <laughs> you certainly you do. do. Yeah, a lot more for your money up there. Well, especially so, if you've got your fragrance case. But then, but then things take a dark turn. Oh, no. Because... Uh, she says, joking aside, smells are deeply tied in with our memories. Do you have any smells that have really stayed with you? And Iomi goes, yeah, I do. One of them, Unfortunately, one of them is a terrible memory. It was one of my neighbours in a house I used to live in, and her daughter phoned me up and said, she's fallen on the floor. I went over there and she passed away in my arms. And she had this perfume on that as soon as I smell it now, smells like death to me. Oh, my God. Now, that's a real... what it is? No. That's a good story. That's a good like story. That. Yeah, yeah. That's almost worth all the other comments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My neighbour said my daughter had fallen on the no, floor. No, not his daughter. The neighbour's daughter. Yeah, no, I meant the neighbour's daughter, yeah. The neighbour's daughter said her mum had fallen on the floor. I oh, her mum had fallen Yeah, on. I only went legging it round there, yeah. Oh. That was that, yeah. And then we just got a few questions about the, the rumours about Brian May. <laughs> What's what rumours are they? Oh, collaboration. So Brian's not bringing out a fragrance as well, is he? You see, now he could, though, couldn't he? Yeah. He could call it Queenie. Yeah. See, what do you listen to for enjoyment these days? This is a real run-out-of-questions question. I'll tell you what I do like, and I've really taken to them, Toto. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love oh, that. Brand new band out of uh, America. Yeah, you've got to love Iomi. I've really taken to Toto. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So that was that. That was that was the Tony Iomi interview. Now, I'm starting to amazing. love this magazine even it's more good, isn't now. It? Yeah, it's this a is funny, proper stuff, mate. It was good. Yeah. So that that was. I mean, they, then they had a feature. Actually, this was. I didn't read this. I should have read it. Have you ever heard of this band? Because I genuinely hadn't heard of this band. They opened for Guns and Roses, Iron Maiden, and the Stones. So why has no one ever heard of Lechon Grey? You ever heard of Never, them? Never, no. That's the name there. Let me see. At the bottom, Where does it bottom say right, it? bottom right. No, sorry, that's sorry. A oh, oh, is it the other side? Sorry, other side. Oh, you mean left? Left. Sorry, you're I one of those girls that don't know left there. from right, aren't you? They opened for GNR, Maiden and the Stones. So why has no one heard of Lechon Grey? Yeah. Could it be because they're shit? I've never heard of them. And look on the back cover. Oh, Magnum. Magnum Bless Ad. Let me see this. Magnum Ad. So you had to do a feature. Can I just say, can you get any more rock and roll on that cover, <laughs> that picture of Magnum? Yeah. I mean, the, I, Rod Smallwood, early Iron Maiden shots, 
he came up with something I've never forgotten, and I'm always reminded of when I see pictures like this. Yeah. But they're all grinning yeah. inanely. Smallwood used to say to Maiden, "Never ever smile." No, correct. In photos, it's yeah. absolutely right because they just look like yeah. they don't look serious. No, and they just look like. Well, Imagine if that was Guns and Roses, and they're all standing there doing those smiling. big grins. Yeah. We're Guns yeah. and Roses. Yeah. We're all right. We're a bit of a laugh. We're Magnum E. We're friendly. That's what you. <laughs> not falsely friendly either. Friendly. Right. Well, on that bombshell, I think we will return to the subject of music magazines we have loved. Yeah. But I want to thank you for that dissection. Uh, and and also stopping me from going on about other news, uh, which, which would have been had to, it was a, boring. It was, it was rock was a, stars selling their catalogs. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll save that for Forget another time. That. Maybe Christmas when we need something quick. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony Omi can't come out of his fragrance cave to give us an interview. Of, did it say how much it is? No, we should look it up. Yeah. We will. In time for the next, next pod. Next pod will tell you how much scent of dark costs. And on that cliff and what it smells like. Yeah. And on that cliffhanger. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How do I stop this, Fern? <laughs> <laughs>